welcome y'all. That's right. This is the Pre-Game Engineer Target Mayor Racing Podcast, episode number 288. It's Tuesday, May the 4th be with you, 2021. I'm Target Mayor Rusty Wallace in the PTM Podcast Studio in Atlanta, Georgia. As always, this podcast is sponsored by you. That's right. You go to patreon.com forward slash PTM. Join the What Drink Club for as little as $1 a month. Get that free koozie. Get some stickers. Best part is... At some point this year, we're going to donate all that money from this year and last year to sponsor and drivers. Join the PETM Posse today. Be a part of the sport you love. This week's show, as always, brought to you by our official sponsors at the $5 and up per month level. They are... <laughs> I choked myself. Aaron Bearden, Robert Kevin, Coleman, Clay, Mary, Kevin, Ryan, Kiefer, Patrick, Cleary, Jeff Brown, Brandon Crowell, Kathleen McDonald, Brandon Call, Rika Porter, Julie Bonzi, Edda Grid, Third Young Motorsports, David Mullins, Patrick Johnson, Brett Morris, Coach Smoke, Fred Rosado, Chad Nappett, Stacey Coleman, Lisa Chinata, Rick Houston, Sarah Enbari, Evan Roller, Matthew Bishop, Harry Bolzania, AJ Evangelista, Janet Scott, Les Miller, and Jumpy. Bah! Got it. <coughs> Hello. Here it is. Um, the one brother, barely. Barely, just brought it in by the skin of my teeth from the PTM North Carolina studio. Welcome, pregame engineer Andrew Sherwin. What's up, dude? What's up, buddy? Uh, sounds like about, I don't know, 12 hours from now, we're going to get round two of the nonsense we got weather-wise about mid-afternoon today. Dude, we were talking in the very brief pre-show that we had, but uh, here in Atlanta, we had like one of those rare tornado warnings in like where the buildings are like the big buildings and you don't you don't get that very often and and they were i'm on the 15th floor of a of a big high rise and they're like get away from the windows i'm like this whole thing is windows what am i supposed to do? i don't know where to go i guess i can go sit in a stairwell and and like my phone doesn't work in there so I, what am i gonna do just stare at each other like this is stupid this is 2021 we're supposed to be playing on our phones or something so <laughs> <laughs> right yeah so anyway but yeah, it was uh, it got nasty yesterday, and I was just telling you that it just got nasty again. Uh, lightning and everything else. Hopefully, the old internet stays up for us. But yeah, we're uh, we're just gonna keep on trucking with the PTM podcast as long as we can, and knock on wood, we uh, we stay with good enough internet. Um, so who knows? But Sean, what you been up to? Ah, uh, you know what? I slept a lot over the weekend, buddy. You know mm. these uh, these weeks are getting stressful by the day. More stressful by the day. Spent all day doing uh, math, which is, I mean, that's what I get paid to do, so I guess <laughs> I shouldn't be complaining. Yeah. But, uh, man, I was ready. Five o'clock, I saw my boss hit the door, and I was like, I am out. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> he was like, he was like, um, so I had a choice. Uh, we can either have a meeting to finish up this slide at 6 p.m. tonight or 7 a.m. in the morning. He's like, I picked 7. Is that okay with you? And I go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not 6 p.m. in it tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, uh, I tell you what, man. Uh, the the older and older I get, the more I'm like, uh, people are like, you want to meet at eight in the morning? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's better than like you said, 6 p.m. right now. Like, I, I want to go home. I want to because I know I'm going to go to bed anyway in about four hours. So you know what? A, what am I doing? So, <laughs> uh, is what it is. We're getting old, man. What happened? I know. I, I mean, I'm up every morning by by six o'clock. Usually by about five forty. That gum. That's a yeah. uh, that's a way I to mean, be. That, uh, that was you... Saturday for me. <laughs> so I I came home. This is how exhausted I was last week. Mm -hmm. I came home. The Braves weren't on television here. They were mm -hmm. blacked out on MLB.com, uh, YouTube TV. And I said, "Well, if I can't watch," I said, "I think I'm just lay down a minute." Then I woke up. About 30 minutes later, I go, nah, I'm going to bed. So I was in bed at 9, and I was like, <laughs> ready to go derby day at 5.20 a.m. I was like, now what? I mean, this is a three-nap day right here. <laughs> and I still slept through, like, I don't know, half the Xfinity race, or, or trucks race, rather. I, oh, I mean, man. I woke up, and they were crossing the finish, and I go, huh, <laughs> I guess I'll go get in bed. <laughs> Oh man! Well, sir, what you drinking on tonight to uh, drown out the the pain of the week? Well, I still got some Taco Tuesday worthy beer. There you go, the Dos Equis. I'll have to get something for tomorrow since it's Cinco de Mayo. But I do have some margarita mix in there. What there you, you got? Go. I'm uh, I'm just not going through beer like yeah. You know, you remember I bought that like six pack of 420 uh, back on 420. 
uh, to, to drink. So I still got one left, so I'll drink that. But uh, I did go get me some bullet bourbon for the uh, for the derby. So I'm uh, drinking bullet bourbon, and uh, and I got the 420 on deck. So should be. I thought I looked up this afternoon some of those funky Star Wars cocktails. Mm. And uh, there was a couple that I was like, man, I'd really like to try that. But I got most of the way home past the liquor store, and I was like, I don't want to fool with that. <laughs> That's what it comes uh, Man, maybe this weekend, you know. <laughs> Oh man, I know I know some people who are super big into like craft cocktails and whatnot, and and I have that same reaction where it's like, well, I could go spend all this time and money on all these ingredients, and then all this all this mess putting it together and everything. I'm still gonna drink it the same pace that I drink everything else. So uh, why don't I just take some whiskey, mix it with coke, and call it a night? You know. <laughs> It's not that I don't like that stuff. It's just that I would rather somebody else make it for me. Well, that or at least, you know, you make two because you have a companion with you that's interested in the same kind of drink. Mm -hmm. That makes it kind of worth your time. But it's just me. I'm like, I don't even have an up glass anymore. And I'm like, I kind of like the idea of drinking an up glass. That's fun. But Mm -hmm. I was like, I got to go to the grocery store and get this, and then I got to go to the liquor store and get this, and then I got to blend this. I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will admit, and and if you're a derby lover, lover, uh, go ahead and and close your ears. I went and got creme de mint. So, <laughs> dude, I've been cheating on that for a while. Now I did it. I did it the honest way this time. I did get fresh mint. Had to go to three different stores because oh, Dodo mm-hmm. Bird waited till Saturday morning at mm-hmm. well, like eleven thirty. And uh, I got simple syrup from the grocery store, so I, I kind of had it all pretty well, you know. I had it right. I broke out the magic bullet my sister gave me like three years ago and finally used it. Not Thanks. great for making crushed ice, but it uh, we, we got, we got it figured out. Mm. Uh, they were plenty good to drink. For sure, yeah. And what a derby it was, man. I, I, I posted on Twitter, I... I, I, I always have these thoughts and then i'm like oh that'd be funny to post on twitter and then i can't find my phone or whatever and then i lose it but uh i was sitting there thinking because i was like uh and it and it entered my mind this way i was like oh man i was really rooting for whatever his name was soup and sandwich was that the <laughs> name of that horse <laughs> i was rooting for hot rod charlie because one of those brown boys uh uh is from stars mill oh cool cool yeah yeah, um, but he, he finished third, so they won three hundred grand. That's pretty sweet. But yeah, I was like soup and sandwich. That's an awesome name. And then the 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 horse didn't win, and I was like, oh well, off to the Bushy McBush race. Uh, if soup and sandwich can't win, I'm like, what am I saying? What, what world are we in? Where I'm like, oh well, soup and sandwich didn't win. Time to watch a Bushy McBush race. <laughs> yeah, it almost feels like you're back in kindergarten for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Like what? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If it made people laugh, I guess that's all that matters. Oh yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. But uh anyway, happy uh May fourth. May the fourth be with you and, and also with you and whatnot. So um yeah. Well over there on the other laptop I've got uh Return of the Jedi on silent. Oh, why not? Very TBS nice. uh marathon. I figured it was appropriate. Very nice. Well, sir, uh I think it's around this time of the year, uh every year that I admit that actually Return of the Jedi is that's the one Star Wars movie I've seen because uh, a buddy of mine back in high school wanted to go see it, and uh, uh, like when they when they re whatever re released it, yeah, all those like so, for HD, yeah, yeah. We went and and saw that, but uh, I never I never really got into it. And then in the adult life, you're always like, well, uh, I've got three hours. Do I watch that movie or do I watch something else? And I, I'm afraid of getting into it. Blah 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 blah. So anyway, uh, old Rusty. If you want a a treat, just try to listen to me um, or ask me at some point at a race or something to try to tell the story of uh, the very first Star Wars movie. Like, just try to, you know, recite it out loud, and I will uh, I, I apparently make anyone who is a huge Star Wars fan laugh their butt off. So, for what it's worth. Well, you know what's funny about that is I saw him. I don't know if I saw him completely out of order, but so in the 80s, they had some huge come on deal. If you signed up for cable, you got HBO free for like mm-hmm. two years. Mm-hmm. And because my dad never would have paid for it. And 
it was right about that time that Return of the Jedi came out on HBO. So Return of the Jedi was the first one I ever saw. Okay. And then, uh, you know, New Hope, which they renamed it. It was originally just called Star Wars. Right. Um, that came out on television, and then I think uh, Empire Strikes Back came on HBO. So we had all three of them on cassette. But the one that I cared to watch the most was Return of the Jedi, because how old was I? I was five. What did they have in Return of the Jedi? Ewoks. Ewoks and lasers. I mean, (laughs) I was all about some. So in that part, that whole Ewoks adventure thing, there was like three major motion films they made with Ewoks, and I saw all of those. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, like everything else in my life, I know just enough to be dangerous and just enough that, like, I can try to relate with people until they start, you know, busting out some uh, some real trivia or something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> can't, uh, can't quite get into that. Uh, not sure. So I'm uh, I'm laid bare pretty quickly when it comes to that stuff. But so be it. <laughs> well, it's like you imagine any other of those series that are as long. As, so the Star Wars series now is up to, what, 11 movies because he had those two adjuncts. that were the side piece stories. Mm. And I've seen every one of them. But. And I liked them for what they were, knowing what the story was, etc. But I'm not like, I don't own any Star Wars figurines or what. I'm like, you know, for me, and then the people are like, I'm really not into this. It, to me, that was like uh, Fast and the Furious. Saw the first one, I was like, yeah, definitely entertaining. Definitely not watching nine more of these. <laughs> Dude, I, I think I saw the second one, and I, I don't remember a single plot point from it. So ain't no telling, but uh, the fact that they keep coming out with them, and evidently those movies do incredible uh, overseas. That's the crazy thing. Like out in out in Asia, and um, I don't know about Europe, but definitely in Asia, because uh, you'll see the box oh, office yeah. numbers. Well, the, they're like the car platforms were, you know, mostly Asian. Yeah, yeah, and the, it's funny because you'll see you'll see the box office totals, and it's like, well, we spent a hundred million dollars on this movie. We made five million domestically and ten billion uh, overseas. And you're like, good God, okay, well, good on them. <laughs> yep, Just keep keep milking that cow. Um, I do have kind of a funny story. It's a quick one here. Um, we have an intern starting with us now. I, you know, working in the technology sector. You, you come to terms that there's not going to be a whole lot of NASCAR fans. There might be some gearheads, you know, those type of folks, but there's, there's not really NASCAR fans, uh, maybe one or two uh, in the building or something. Um, and the same goes with, like, country music, right? Most people are, are uh, you know, they're, they're all over the place. Who knows? But uh, there's not a, a strong concentration of country music fans. And so uh, I heard that we had an intern coming. And I said, oh, cool, that's awesome. What's his name? And they said... John Anderson and I was like, "You talking about swinging? You talking about straight tequila night? You talking about uh, seminal win, John freaking Anderson?" And you know, I get these blank stares, I'm like, uh, "Yeah, uh, his name is John Anderson. I don't know what any of that other mess you're talking about was." <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I'm like John Anderson's got some freaking shoes to fill, and I'm gonna call him Tequila for the rest of the time that he's here. So old tequila starting with us in a few weeks and he doesn't know it yet, but he's about to walk into a world of, uh, of country music. So. Yeah. I mean, you just, you ought to put a CD and a bottle of mezcal on his desk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of funny. Um, John Anderson. So, uh, of course that led me down this path to where I probably wasted an hour at work today. Just, watching and listening to live John Anderson uh, uh, sets because, you know, I hadn't been able to go watch live music in the past year. So I'm like, oh, this is sweet. Oh, that's awesome. And and I'll tell you what, Sherwin, we got to see John Anderson in concert because, uh, A, he's getting a little old. He's, you know, in his uh, mid-late 60s, something like that. But his voice is – he's one of those uh, album-perfect voices, if you will. Like, there mm-hmm. is no difference between what he records on the album and what he sings – in the dance hall. So I'm I so I'd love to see him in a place like I don't know, what was the name of that place where we went and saw um Cody Jinks? Ah, uh, there ain't no telling if I can that remember. The Terminal that, West? That, was that, that yeah, where that we place were at? was so small. Like yeah, there were what, hundred and fifty people there? Uh probably more. Maybe like three or four hundred. Probably two fifty maybe. Yeah. yeah. But that was a 
fantastic venue. And yeah, thinking about seeing him there. Oh, I got goosebumps just now just thinking about it. Yeah, um, buddy. And especially, especially now, I need some more no regret type of stuff because one of my biggest life regrets in country music is not being able to see Joe Diffie live and, you know, rest his soul and whatnot. But COVID took him last year and, um, golly, not being able to see Joe Diffie is like, that hurts. Yeah, it's kind of a miss for sure. I never did either. Yeah. So uh, now all that said, I was talking with some of the gearheads at work and uh one of them brought up uh hey i heard in nascar and and i and i get it this is old news for us but you know they they had seen something they were talking about the new uh the next gen car because it's getting a lot of press right now obviously because it's uh uh, about to be revealed tomorrow or whatever the the visual but um they were talking about all the pieces and i said yeah it's interesting because the uh independent rear suspension thing uh they're they're really pushing this whole dirt race and Dirt and independent rear suspension oval tracks, uh, not exactly compatible. And they said, huh. And uh, these guys are some guys who know, these are two, uh, actually three other guys at work. They know a lot about racing. They're they're pretty freaking good with racing. They're just not into NASCAR necessarily. Um, but, But they said, why is that? And I went, well, I don't know. <laughs> and I Can't said, ride the cushion. Well, and, and so I said, I said, I'm going to go look it up and you go look up online and, and try to go find it online. You ain't going to find nothing. You'll, you'll find like Weaver talking about it, but he's just like, well, the drivers don't really care for it and we haven't really done it. The best I could find, and I'll, and I'll, uh, I want you to talk about it here in a minute, Sherwin, but uh, the best I could find is that like, well, there is no series in racing that has independent rear suspension at a dirt oval. So uh, one, nobody knows what will happen. So the other piece, Sherwin, go for it. Yeah, well, I think the the reason why they're probably skeptical is um, you really need to prop the car up on the right rear on a dirt track, and if you have independent rear suspension, it's just going to sink right down on it. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to have to put in a shock that's got an absurd amount of spring rate. <laughs> just rubbers all the way up <laughs> it's one after another on the springs yeah i mean i don't know how they're going to do it I'm, I'm curious so the science behind it's always what's interested me and i think if if they're gonna yeah if they're gonna have a independent rear axle they're gonna have to they're gonna have to do something funky with the springs or else that car is just gonna roll over to the right yeah yeah and so i and that's interesting too because when you when you're coming out of the turn you're kind of kicking it you know that's a turn right to go left thing but but you're kind of kicking that out of balance but i guess you still need enough friction to to you know not just spin out or something well what it does is with the solid rear once you get to lean in to where that spring rate has reached its max and is actually propping the rest of the car up it transfers power back to the left Mm. so you'll get grip on both sides independent is going to force the right to do the just majority dig. of putting the power down mm-hmm. unless like i said they're going to be putting like a 2300 pound spring back there or something crazy yeah and a concrete tire <laughs> to go with it so okay. yeah well that that certainly helps and that's something that uh again on the on, an, on the internet you're not gonna hear uh anything anybody talking about it so i didn't know what you'd even written so i googled irs dirt and all I got was the internal revenue service. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is probably not it, unless Rusty's playing a joke on me. Uh, that's funny. No, I was uh, I, I was curious just because I, I hadn't looked it up, and I hadn't really thought about it and, and what that means. But, yeah, uh, you know, the only thing I found, I think Weaver had said um, in one of his articles, that it, it would just be mud-bogging um, is, is what people feel like. And that makes sense to what you're saying that you're just digging into dirt on the right side, and who knows how it tears up the track and whatnot, too. It's going to be interesting. It's probably going to be a double rut, whereas you just have a cushion where you kind of fold all the dirt up against the wall. There's go- they're going to cut a rut, mm. like a two-track, mm-hmm. if they all run in the same lane. So that'll be interesting to see. I'm curious now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it'll uh, it'll be fun. But, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, that's interesting. How about, um, I think I also wrote in the notes, it might be later on, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I did write this down. Uh, but since we're talking about next-gen car, 
I, I was uh, one of the things I do before the show uh, and writing up show sheet, making sure I don't miss anything, right? Making sure there's no big story or something that just broke or whatever that, that I miss. But every time, every week that I go looking for it, if you're looking for NASCAR in the news and whatnot, you always get the penalty report. And every week there's somebody with lug nut violations, right? And so next year, are we are we pretty much done with that? Is that like, yeah, you can't really have a lug nut violation if there's no lug nuts. There's just the one, and if you f that up, the tire falls off. So, yeah, I, I mean, that, obviously that is. I don't know what's the primary driver. There's probably a one A and a one B. The 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 primary driver, at least that they've tried to explain, is that they wanted to go to an aluminum wheel. Because they want to look sexier. Mm-hmm. The problem is, you can't have a five stud aluminum wheel in that kind of racing. Because if you do leave lug nuts off, and there's one, and they get to vibrating, it'll just tear the wheel right out, right out of the real wheel well. Because mm-hmm. that, you know, aluminum is so brittle. Right. So they had to go to a single lug. Now, I'll steal from somebody else that's already been talking about it, as everybody will do. Uh, the gas man just became a lot more important person. Yep. Because yep. he's going to be the drum uh, that is the decider on when the car gets to leave. Every time. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, that's what I was telling the folks at work because they, they, uh, I said, you know, because uh, they mentioned all this all these changes. They were saying, whoa, look at all these changes NASCAR's making. I said, you know what's crazy? Is it probably the most visible change you're going to see? Because, I mean, all this, a lot of what we're talking about is either under the hood or under the car or whatever, and we may see some differences here and there, but they'll be subtle. But the biggest difference you're going to see is single lug um, um, wheels, and the pit stops are all going to be on the gas man now and and what the strategy is with, with fuel. So, uh, you know, it, it's like uh, you have to decide. If you're just taking – does anybody take two tires anymore at this point? You know, with the, with this, they they I don't oh with this I don't know the answer to that. I I mean I think it's still going to be determined upon what the grip level is. I mean that there was people that took two tires at Talladega, but they were taking lefts, which is interesting. But yeah. that was because of cautions that said, "Hey man, we haven't really used these tires that much, but we used them enough. Want to come get lefts?" Yeah, you know it's been a while since we talked about just doing lefts. Usually it's just rights if you do two. Right. Right. Left. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's wild. So, with that, Sherwin, let's tear it down. Here we go. Oh, there it is. And Sherwin, it's one of those rare moments. And and as much as it pains me, I hope he's listening. Old Cone, I hope he's listening to me. As much as it pains me, the greatest honor in PTM Podcast. Here it is. <laughs> Way to go, Cone. <laughs> uh, he called it Kyle Bush. Uh, so, horn for Cone. Uh, the Bushy McBush race ended up being the Bush winner. So, duh. But uh, it was um, a heck of a deal. Uh, great call, Cone. Uh, you know, respect. But, um, yeah, that was uh, – it was uh, it was an interesting race. What did you think, Sherman? I didn't mind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think – I, that horsepower package, I'm not. I'm still kind of on the fence. I mean, the restarts are absolutely bananas. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard not to be excited about one of those. But we didn't have a natural cost in, until there was 30 laps to go. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So right, you know, Kansas is supposed to be one of those really fun tracks now, and it just—I don't know. I, I think you're going to see in Jeff Gluck's poll, it's not going to score very well. <laughs> so I mean, the big news everybody's talking about is, of course, that that whole tire thing. And I've been on the pitchfork mafia on both sides of it now <laughs> over the la- over the course of the last like uh, whatever 24, 48 hours, um, trying to uh, you know figure out where I stand on that. So on one side, of course, we have hey, this tire rolled out in the middle. This is a obvious safety issue. Somebody comes careening across for whatever reason across the grass, and you hit that. You're you're in bad shape, and that's a safety problem. Like that could get you airborne. That could get you, you know, who knows? Uh, slammed up against the the driver's side on that. That's problematic. On the other side of the spectrum, it is NASCAR letting the things play out until we t- return to like a okay, we're 
you know, everybody cycled through. We get to throw, you know, we can throw the caution now. But if it wasn't, you know, this is where I go back on the other side and start throwing pitchforks. If it, if it was a safety issue now, then it was a safety issue 12 laps ago. So what are we even doing? Uh, I don't know. Where are you at, Sherwin? Where I'm at with it is the drivers that were interviewed after the race, be it written journalism or on the television, said that's exactly what they expected to happen. So yep. as soon as they said that, I go, all right, there's no reason for me to be mad then. The drivers knew this was what the way it was going to go. I I totally – I'm with you there in that, uh, you know, that, that was the – that was what kind of calmed me down from that stance is that they were like, yeah, that's – that's what we expected, and that's what happened. So um, exactly that. So I I don't know, um, but uh, you know it's still uh, you know it. it I'll, I'll, I'll I'm I'm all over words right now. I'll compare it to the safety barrier. What happens when they don't put a safety barrier up somewhere? Somebody's gonna hit it and hit it hard. Whether it be a chase, uh, not a chase, a uh, uh, Elliot Sadler or a um, Kyle Busch or. Whoever it be, uh, Jeff Gordon had one that was bad. Um, they're going to find it, right? And and we pretty much fixed all that. Well, if you leave a tire sitting out in the middle of the grass long enough, somebody's going to hit it. Uh, maybe not this race, maybe not the next race, but what's going to happen when somebody hits it? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest fear is that not so much how much damage it would do to a car or whether it might hurt the driver. It's that... If you hit it hard enough, you'd probably render it airborne and it would go flying into the pits. And those things weigh about 80 pounds. Right, right. They're not pulling um, linebackers from, you know, from college to, to you know, sling tires for nothing. Yeah, and I think the, uh, you know, the in-the-moment call has a lot to do with the fact that despite the fact that you can't tell on television, uh, you could put Arrowhead Stadium in the infield mm -hmm. in the football area of kansas motor speedway mm -hmm. it's big <laughs> so i uh, you know i don't know i i guess i'm not going to stand pat on one side or the other because i don't i mean it, it's all subjective in the end even in the competition booth it was subjective so i don't know if somebody, if the right person raises the right amount of stink, maybe they don't do, make that decision next time. Maybe they go, look, the drivers all knew this is how we were going to do this. So I think the biggest um, complaint from some of the competitors, particularly the guys on the roof, was, hey, why don't y'all get on the horn? You know what channel we're listening to. Let us know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. And, you know, I'm, I'm coming off of, of Talladega where – Joey Logano, you know, and, and Brad Kozlowski was talking about it. Uh, you know, all these folks, not just Penske or whatever, but uh, uh, all kinds of people talking about, you know, the safety issues there. And then we get here and we just let a tire sit in the in the infield for for 15 laps. It's like, uh, guys, we just talked about this. Like, what what the hell? But, I, you know, to your point, I, I, I see it. Uh, you know, the drivers, I, it's hard for me to know what the drivers are going to be pitchforks about. <laughs> Yeah, I it, it it almost seems like it changes every week depending on what their results are, whether or not they're involved <laughs> in the weird thing that happens or not. Yeah, yeah and I, I don't self preservation is a big part of the way you offer an opinion right after a race, anyway. Yeah, well, Sherwin, from two thousand five through twenty twenty one, Kyle Busch has won a race every single season. There are two <clears throat> other people on earth now or ever who have done that. And that is David Pearson and Richard Petty, who has 18. Do you see Kyle Busch eclipsing Richard Petty in uh, straight years with a win? Absolutely. I do 100% I do. He just turned 36. Um, and David Smith from Motorsports Analytics said racers don't even peak until they're 39. Hmm. That would that would go ahead and put him right above old King for most years in a row with a win if he wins the next three years. I tell you what, it's one of the it's another one of those things where when you're in the moment right now and you're year to year or you're season to season or you're race to race and you're watching Kyle Bush and yeah, maybe he didn't do so great this week, or maybe, you know, he's frustrated at this or he's doing the whole crying thing at the end or whatever, you know, whatever. 
but uh, you'll uh, what'll happen is that folks will look back and they'll uh, you know twenty thirty years from now ain't nobody talking about all that they they're all they have anymore is numbers and they look at the numbers and they go here's a guy that won call it twenty straight years in a row um, like uh, he's <laughs> I don't know what else to say other than he is going down in the history books as a uh, one of the elites and and deserves to be in the same um, conversation as as the folks we talked about just now. Plus Jimmy Johnson, plus Jeff Gordon, plus you know Kyle Busch. Yeah, I mean just the fact that he hasn't had a whole year slump um, says a lot. I mean even if it's just. You know, a couple years just to one win. Um, it's a hell of a, an accomplishment. It really, it really should be celebrated. Really. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and on top of that, you know, two hundred plus wins in the in the uh, you know not Cup Series, obviously, but um, among all the series. I mean, you know, we've talked about that before and what that means and whatnot. What would Richard Petty have done? And uh, blah 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 blah. But uh, you know, you're just comparing apples and pineapples i guess like same same word it's all nascar but uh, you know it's so to- so totally different things that you know whatever but um you know i hope one day we can get to a point where we can compartmentalize eras and not worry about comparing Kyle Busch to Richard Petty or Jeff yeah. Gordon to Dale Earnhardt well Dale Earnhardt and, Jay- and Jeff raced against each other quite a bit but you know what i'm saying like right. Jeff Gordon to da- uh, David Pearson they never raced against each other Right. So you can't compare them. Right. Well, you know, it's so hard. I mean, every sport does it, right? Uh, LeBron and Michael Jordan or um, Hoist Gracie and uh, name somebody else in, uh, you know, who's done uh, Anderson Silva. Nurmagomedov. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Wayne Gretzky and, well, never mind. <laughs> well, you can go back to Gordy Howe. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's fair. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I was just making fun of. Wayne Gretzky's a great. He might be the most standout in any sport ever. Arguably, like Arguably. across. Eras. I mean, I think there's there's so much desire to assign a superlative instead of just appreciating what you're seeing. I think you should frame that and put that behind you. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about uh, how about Mr. Burrito coming home fourth? And he's um, you know he's looking pretty good in the standings and whatnot. Like. Way to go. So, uh, you know, ah, I, he was dead and buried a few weeks ago, and now he's all the way back into the playoff picture. Isn't he? Like, it, it's it's impressive what's going on with that team. And um, I, I think we talked about it last week or the week before, whatever it was, and, and talking about his, um, you know, uh, status and, and his finishes and where they've been. So, you know, fourth place. And not fourth in some uh, – uh, I don't know what to call it. Like in in some uh, race that is different. Like this is NASCAR's heart right here. Is the mile and a half, you know, quote unquote super speedway, whatever we want to call it. But this is this is what NASCAR is all about. And uh, you know he he posted a a real finish. So good on you. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. I wanted to to wrap this section up with this. Another new winner, Sherwin. So we, we kind of talked about it before, and everything's fallen into place. Like, if you continue to somehow get Denny to not win, but to, you know, continue to be the, uh, the bridesmaid, uh, and then um, Chase is a given, Harvick is a given in my book, uh, Dylan, um, I don't know about given, but we've got some, you know, we've still got uh, some super speedway stuff coming up. Uh, Kurt, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what Ganassi's doing this season. But um, then, you know, the field with two other races, that's 16 winners plus Denny. Like, it, it, things are falling in place. Yeah, I mean, you got to believe uh, some of those guys back there that are really probably, if they're being honest behind closed doors or saying, yeah, we're fighting for the points way into this thing, are hoping a guy like Dinger will show up at one of these road courses and win one since he's not running for points. Um. We still one, might yeah. see that that fourteen or fifteen different winners, but one of them may be somebody that's not actually running for points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that all said, let's break down the points. I wanted to walk through 
since we have time, uh, no uh, no different guests tonight, but let's walk through them. Um, and we'll start at the top with Denny Hamlin. Um, somehow, in the points lead by nearly 100 points, more stage wins than anybody else with five uh, stage wins, uh, eight top fives. Uh, here's a funny thing. He has eight top fives and eight top tens. You know what that means. When he finishes high, he finishes <laughs> real high. <laughs> right. Uh, and so that's why he's at 481 points. And the next one is a guy with two wins in Martin Truex Jr. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know what to add to that. <laughs> well, how about possibly surprise? And, and surprised or not surprised? Here's the question with it. Surprised or not surprised that in third uh, in points right now with one win, William Byron. I'm not because he just set the – he set some kind of record for eight straight top tens. Uh, and I don't know what category he fits in that that would be a record, but he tied somebody's record in some slot. I don't think that mm-hmm. ca- could possibly be all time, but modern era or some, something, something. Yeah, eight straight top tens, man, that's nothing to joke about. No, sir. So, William Byron um, – <clears throat> I. I guess preseason. So uh, I'm not. I'm not surprised if you finish top ten every week that that you're going to be third in points or better. But preseason, did you see William Byron being here? I I want to say I I didn't see him being here, but I'm also not surprised that he is. If that makes sense. I'm not surprised. Um, you know, Hendrick obviously found something in the off season that was mm. holding them back last year. Because all four of those cars are fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now, the the driver you most have expected to have a win by now is the one that doesn't. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I would expect for Hendrick, just like you said earlier, that they will go into the playoffs with all four of their drivers having won. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Fourth place, Joey Logano, I don't think, you know, any surprise there. If you'd have told me Joey will be in fourth place after however many races we've had so far, like, yeah, okay, that sounds reasonable. Um, Similarly, probably with Ryan Blaney and then uh, Brad, we get to Chase with no wins, who, you know, you just talked about, and I'm wearing the Chase hat tonight um, for a different reason because we're going to – we'll talk about it in a bit with Darlington and and Hooters throwbacks and whatnot, but – yeah, uh, that that's one. It's almost like just market, uh, you know, market zero, Donnie. <laughs> like it's going to happen. Hmm. Um. Let's see. Next up, uh, say I mean, rinse, lather, repeat with Kevin Harvick. There's no way you come off a season like last season and don't end up with something in the W column. Um. You know, that seems like a lock. And, and again, the, we're talking about the seventh and eighth place drivers right now with no wins so far with people with wins behind them who are, you know, Hall of Fame drivers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm just kind of flabbergasted about SHR. Now, Kevin did finish second, um, so they're showing some speed. And he ran up, you know, he ran top eight pretty much all day on Sunday. So they may have finally creeped back in there. But, you know, he's really the only guy. And if you think about it, you know, Clint didn't always have the greatest performance in the world. But I'm sure he had something to offer that competition meeting that Chase Briscoe doesn't. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a good uh, That's a good way to put it. Um, beyond that, folks with wins, Kyle Larson Kyle Busch, the two Kyles. Um, you know, we, we know Kyle Busch has been kind of checkers of records. Well, not maybe not wreckers, but uh, at least um, – um, not, I don't know. He's either finishing first like this week or, you know, mediocre or whatever. Um, and Kyle Larson's got the win. I, you know, I, I kind of compare them, uh, in, in all sincerity in that, um, they've had similar seasons. They've got a win. They've got some blunders, not so, you know, uh, uh, high spots, but I was reading uh, um, Jeff Gluck earlier today, and he said Kyle Larson, he feels like, is a is a top contender for the title. What do you think? Well, he should have three wins right now. Mm-hmm. If we, I mean, if we look back on the way things have, have sort of shaken out, sure. I mean, he's been he's been in, like, not just contention to win, but, like, leading big chunks of races and not winning them. Sure, sure. 
Um, Atlanta, you know, and it takes mind. it takes a long time of doing that before you consistently build the confidence. Of, you know, if you think about that move with Blaney, and I don't is that in the show sheet or is now a good time to bring it up? Bring it up. That last, you know, that last restart. You know, hey Kyle, you didn't really need to push the limit that much. You had another lap and a half, lap and three quarters, to try to figure out how to get to the front without, you know, costing yourselves both, what, fifteen spots each. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's gonna learn that that hey, hey, I've already got my win. I need to get my good points. And if something weird happens, then I explode up to the front and win this thing. Awesome. Let's not wreck in the process by trying to push somebody into the corner. Yep. Where everybody knows that's a dumb idea. Yep. Um, and on the on the flip side, the other Kyle, Kyle Bush. I mean, I feel like at this point, you know, uh, I don't want to say coast into the playoffs at this point because uh, you know that's why we're talking about this whole thing. But uh, I feel like he's uh, he's probably the lowest ranked, highest talent that that's out there right now. Yeah, that's probably a good assessment. Um, and, and I would also say the lowest, lowest ranked who I still feel to this day will have a win this season is Austin Dillon. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's been around, you know, it's not like he's been running 21st every week. He's been around. You got to be around, right? You got to finish in the top 10 to get a top five. You got to finish in the top five to get a top two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christopher Bell after that. And then uh, two that I want to talk about. Michael McDowell, 13th, and Alex Bowman, 14th. I'm surprised that McDowell has more points. I I, I guess I would say uh, at the season start, if you would have said Michael McDowell, after however many races we've had, 10 races or so, is ahead in points of Alex Bowman, uh, that would have surprised me for sure. Yes, definitely before the season started. Um, it is painfully obvious that there um, has been an influx of money to front row mm. as a result of the Daytona 500, which is good for Michael McDowell and that team. Um, he's plenty good enough to be where he's at, but he's uh, he's making good on that opportunity to have a fast car. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then beyond that, uh Chris Busher, I mean, he's he's fifteenth in uh, in points and straight up points, and then Burrito. That that was one thing surprising to me when I was looking at this earlier because we we just talked about it how Burrito started um, started the season pretty bad and has progressively gotten better and better. This fourth place win, uh, fourth place win, uh, it probably feels like a win, but this fourth fourth place finish. Puts him up in 16th and just ahead of Kurt Busch and uh, Tyler Reddick. Yeah, that's a surprise. Um, Kurt kind of tends to hover back there. Um, I would have expected Tyler Reddick to be having a little bit better year, especially considering that we just talked about Dylan being up there. And I think general consensus is probably that Tyler's better suited for this kind of racing at at every racetrack we go to, whereas Dylan has got kind of some specialty skills, particularly at the plate tracks. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe RCR figured out something, too. Well, and that's – I was going to compare a bit RCR versus uh, Ganassi right now in that, you know, they're not a, a Gibbs, they're not a um, – SHR, they're not a Hendrick, uh, but um, they're not a Penske right now, uh, either one of them. But, uh, you know, as far as fighting for that that kind of, I would say, low playoff spot, uh, it's been interesting with Ganassi this year. Um, you know, Kurt Busch and, uh, and um, um, shoot, <laughs> uh, Kurt Busch and Ross Chastain, Ross Chastain have, uh, they finished 14th, 15th this week, like, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, I guess that's fine. But, like, uh, you know, they're just not finding speed. What's going on at Ganassi? Well, Ross was actually running a lot better than that for a lot of the race. Those last Same two last restarts year. screwed him pretty good. Last week, yeah. So, I, I think Ross is poised to get his first top five here not too long from now. I agree with that 100%. What, is, what does Kurt have to do? I, this looks a whole lot like Kurt. Right, like one <laughs> one race, he's going to sneak up on you, and he's just going to kick everybody's ass. Yeah, yeah, I love the way he seems. Put that. 
yeah. mean, that just seems to be his M.O. since he's been with Ganassi is he's kind of always around, not always got a dominant car. One day he's going to sneak up on everybody and win. Yeah, yeah. No, I love the way you put that. And, and you know, now we're now we're back into 18th plus, uh, you know, Reddick. Uh, actually, Reddick and Stenhouse are tied in points. Newman is right behind them. But, uh, you know, Newman is 30 points, so, you know, more than half a race behind, uh, you know, playoff picture. And then Bubba. Um, I, what? Here's the thing with Bubba. I'm, I'm not surprised at where we are, and I'm also not disappointed, if that makes sense. Brand new team. It's a hard thing to do. Right. You don't start off fast out of the box. And he actually has been fast. He just, he's still making that, I got to, you know, uh, well, it's, he's made a lot of moves that are very similar to what got Larson in trouble at the end of the race on Sunday. It's like, hey man, take what you got until a window opens. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't make a window that's not there. Yeah. Just take, take what's, take what's in front of you. Keep what you got. And and bring you know that's that's kind of what and I may be stealing from other people but it's like you know instead of worrying about trying to finish three positions better than the car you have is just finish where it gives you if it gives you twelfth finish twelfth don't mm-hmm. finish fifteenth with a twelfth place car mm-hmm. trying to run ninth yep yep love it love it well Sherwin. Thank you for uh, breaking down the uh, the top, however many that was so far. That, that's fun to talk about, and it's something I, I like to revisit every once in a while and uh, and really you know talk through everybody um, and and get some insight there. So that's pretty cool. Um, we will uh, we'll round out third period with how about uh, Derek Lancaster? We talked about him last week with Cone. He had that nasty Arca wreck, and uh, he was released from the hospital. So that's awesome. He was on like ventilator and. You know, it, it was one of those Ryan Newman from last year situations where you just don't know, and and you know the family, you know, high respect for them. They they're they're putting out uh, updates, but also you know making sure they're keeping things uh, you know private and whatnot. But uh, uh, his wife and everything putting all that together, and uh, he he's out of the hospital. So way to go, Derek. Good for you, Derek. Yes, sir. Um, we talked about it earlier. The big reveal. Tomorrow of the next gen car, so uh, are you looking forward to it? There's been so many teasers and like behind the scenes and like we shouldn't have took this photo, but we did kind of thing. So I don't know if uh, if I'm going to be super surprised by anything, but we talked about it last week. Like that that car looks, uh, I you know, good on NASCAR. It looks sexy. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. You know, at, seeing like every every detail, every inch, and all that stuff. Well, I want to see all three of the makes side by side mm-hmm. and see, you know, how much different they are, how much they are the same, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I want to see what that Dodge car looks like. I want to see what the uh, BMW looks like. and <laughs> The Nissan. The Nissan. The... <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, how about uh, Pocono? They've announced uh, no capacity restrictions coming up soon. And here's something I've liked. We talked about it with Cone last week. Normalize this whole thing in terms of vaccine. Make it like, oh, that's just what you do. And they they have this, I, I really like this campaign that they're doing. They're like, hey, guys, once we get to 70% of the population being vaccinated, they're going to lift all the restrictions on everything. And I, I really like that almost like an incentive thing. Like, hey, guys, if we do this, you know, then then we get to do anything we want. We get to have concerts. We get to go to races. We get to watch baseball, all this stuff. So uh, I like that they put this sort of incentive idea behind it too. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I think it's good. But, you know, we're we're on the same side of that coin. We're both vaxxed up. I'm fully uh, I'm fully vested. My, yeah. Uh, yeah. my Google chip is, is working just fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know why, why not? It's not that hard, and it's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Nobody and if did. that means we all get to do everything that we want to do, we don't even have to think about it. We just go, hey, would you like want to go to the comedy club? Let's go to the comedy yes. club. Yes, dude. I went to a bar on I I, th- I want to say it was Saturday or Sunday because the wife was out. Uh, I had texted you. I'm like, dude, I'm at a bar. And this is like being at the bar, like 
back when you turned 21 or just before 21, you had a fake or something. And you're like, I'm in a bar. I shouldn't be here, but I'm here because this is, you know, this is what, uh, this is pretty cool. It felt like that again. Like, I'm here. I'm not supposed to be here, but I'm here. And this is awesome. So uh, I I probably like, you were probably looking at uh, your phone like, all right, Rusty. Yeah, good for you. But, uh, you know, for me, it was like. Oh, I was excited for you. So, uh, yeah, that, that was really cool. And that, and that's the precursor to what we're talking about. We're, we're go back to a concert, go back to a race, go back to you know baseball game down the street, whatever it is. Um, go back to what what freaking ever. Let's uh, let's have some fun again. You know. Hmm. I'm ready. Hmm. Um. And then finally, uh, Dale Jr. has announced that he's racing at Richmond uh, in Xfinity. Um, on September 11th, he's in the tribute, uh, car, uh, on nine 11, uh, uh, insane that it's a 20 year. I was talking to my dad the other day, by the way. And I said, you know, I remember back when I was young, maybe a teenager or something and his, and he and his best friend would talk about, uh, yeah, you remember blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was 20 years ago. And I used to think, golly, 20 years. That's like a lifetime. Are you kidding me? 20 years ago. Uh, and I told him that this weekend. I went and played golf for the first time in forever. I shot horrifically, but I had I had a few of those golf moments, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that 280-yard drive straight down the pipe, and you're like, yeah, this is why I play golf. Anyway, I'm going down a grandpa story here. But um, but the the fact that it was 20 years ago, um, you know, it, it, it kind of hits home, you know? No doubt. Uh, I mean, that was the way it was for me when – I mean, the, the second thing I thought of when they did the tribute to Dale Earnhardt was, holy crap, Dale Earnhardt and 9-11 were the same year. Oh, wow. That's absurd. Wow. Yeah. Didn't think about that. That puts in perspective. Um, so, let's talk about the uh, the All-Star race, because I'm, <laughs> sure <I laughs> I'm not sure I understand. So, I, I have the rules, or whatever that we're talking about here. So, uh, bear with me, everybody. So oh, we God. have uh, – it's 100 laps at Texas. So going to Texas, mile-and-a-half racetrack, uh, you know, the big screen TV and whatnot, uh, there's going to be six rounds. So 100 laps over, you know, six rounds. That's uh, however many that is per round. Uh, we have the starting lineup determined via random draw, so totally random, um, and then, you know, we're going to run it. Uh, the first four rounds are going to be 15 laps apiece. Uh, uh, round five is 30 laps. Final round is 10 laps shootout. Of course, I, you know, that's one of those that, I don't know, we, we've talked about before, but like, hey, bunch up the field and, and make them do something crazy, see what happens. Um, at the beginning of the second round, the field's going to be inverted via random draw with a minimum of eight and a maximum of 12. That's going to be live on FS1. That's one of those, like, I don't know what you're like. This is where it starts losing me. Like, okay, sure. Um, and, um, the big Hoss TV will have that on there and whatnot before the start of round three, we're going to invert again. So now like you're almost like turning me in circles. Now I'm dizzy. I'm not sure what to think. Um, at round four, uh, field's going to be inverted again via random draw. Like, why don't, why don't we just do the 10 lap shootout at this point? But, but it continues, uh, for round five, we have a, uh, Cumulative finish from rounds one through four, and that determines where you where you start. And then the starting positions of the final round are set by the finishing positions of the previous round. So it's just pretty much just, you know, go have a uh, pit stop and, and come back. Um, only green flag laps will count, which I'm totally up for. And then the last couple things are about money. Uh, race winner gets million bucks. Uh, fast team on pit road, which I do like this uh, during the mandatory pit stop will get a hundred grand but you know like i said i've read out probably like eight rules and i'm already i'm already like done with trying to process it after rule number four yeah i mean is this an all-star race or a barman bailey circus (laughs) yeah yeah i don't i don't know what we're what we're trying to do here with that like do one thing is what i feel like like do one thing that's different and like ooh, that's pretty cool but when you do either one thing 12 times or you do 12 things one time it it really like okay whatever like it feels like we're gonna get to the shootout the the last 10 lap shootout and like okay just put them in order and and let's watch the last 10 laps is what i feel like 
um, that, yeah. that, that they're getting into. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out why I should care about round one through five right now. Right. So. I, yeah, I don't. I could totally foresee me not watching this thing. <laughs> oh, man. And Roger says it's Eddie Gossage being an idiot. Uh, I, I won't go as far to say idiot. Uh, I will go so far as to say, um, I, you know, I, I don't quite get it. But, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, that all said, uh, you know, Sherwin, hats off here. Eric McClure, former Xfinity driver. I think I saw that he had like 288 races, something like that. And I remember uh, I, I remember him so vividly that I was like, oh, yeah, Eric McClure. Um, what's he up to? But apparently, you know, passed away. Um, he had ended up suffering multiple concussions through racing, had some neurological issues, renal failure, double kidney failure, all this mess, uh, you know, all kinds of issues but 42 years old and Sherwin with us uh you know with one of us knocking on the door 40 and the other one uh well into uh, uh figuring out what 40 looks like you know 42 is uh you know that that's right there it's not like uh you know that's what old people do is turn 42 that that's right there and here we are looking at it and, and it's like good grief um you know and and it's hard not to talk about him without talking about like I know he had the the domestic violence stuff and Here's the thing. I I don't know how to ever try to even justify domestic violence. That's not uh you know, this is a, one of those subjects that that uh, you, It's you not in my into. behavior paradigm either. I don't get it. Right. But uh I say but. Uh, at the same time with the amount of of issues that he had uh uh with the brain and stuff, I can't imagine that it I'll, I'll say this. I can't imagine that it was the Eric McClure of 2000 that's that's doing this sort of stuff. And, and you know, the more we're learning about uh, mental health and how physically, uh, you know, uh, traumatizing things are that, that affect you mentally, um, it's, it's tough, man. I don't know what to say. Um, you know, th- that's no excuse necessarily. It's more of a uh, – I, I don't even know what to call it. Like uh, that, that's well. Tough. I hope he. I hope he volunteered ahead of time to donate his brain to Boston U or Pittsburgh Medical Center or wherever they're doing CTE studies, so that they can figure out if that's maybe maybe what was going on with him. Yeah, yeah. So um, either way, rest in peace, and and hopefully the uh, the family finds peace there. Sherwin. That said. Uh, let's go ahead and, uh, if I can find it, we're going to gas it up. It's time to talk about this weekend. There it is. Darlington Sherwin. Uh Oh, <laughs> did we, uh, did we lose you for a moment? We, uh, I guess we lost me cause I got the warning that says bad internet, but, um, uh, throwbacks, uh, you know, there's some good ones and there's some not good ones. I, you um, know, I'm I'm glad you said that. I wanted to talk about that. Talk about it. Give you the floor. well. The the one that I saw today, the one that was the most spot. Well, there's two to me that were most spot on, and people are going to call me a homer for saying Chase's tribute to Colwicky. That's not homer. Just look at the car. It's it looks exactly the same. Dude, it looks fantastic. I, put, I didn't put it in the notes this way, but the way that I saw it and I went through all the throwbacks that, that are there and through Xfinity and everything, I'm like, I'm pretty sure Chase won the throwback schemes. Like, I've got the hat on right now, the Hooters hat and whatnot. Like, that thing looks good. Yeah, the other one that I saw today that's not in your list mm. is uh, Brandon Brown's throwback to Dale Jarrett's uh, UPS car. The wrap is exactly the same. The numbers are the are the uh, Robert Yates racing numbers. I mean, it. There is no doubt when you look at that car who that car represents, and that and that that wrap is spot on. Mm, I'm looking at it right now, and absolutely. And and by the way, good for him. I see on the uh, uh, on the rear it says, "What can Brown do for you?" And he put like this little arrow and put Brandon. <laughs> right. Like, what can exactly. Brandon Brown do for you? So uh, good on him, and absolutely, totally agree that um, that that car. Now that I'm looking at it, and I probably didn't go deep enough into the uh, uh, throwbacks or whatnot, but I, I'll tell you what makes a great throwback for me, and that is, 
um, something that looks handcrafted. And, uh, you know, we have we had all these hand-painted numbers and everything for, for 30 years, maybe 40 years of NASCAR. And for us to, to like, hey, I'm throwing back to this, and it's like uh, you're throwing back because, what, you have like a stripe on your car that, that is the same color as the stripe that they did, you know, 60 years ago? If you're going to a throwback, you know, like, do the same numbering and lettering. I'm, I'm not saying you have to have the same number. I, I know numbers are, are a whole ordeal. But, like, have something, have some guy, have some drunk guy walk out there and start painting numbers on your car. Now you're talking about throwback, buddy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, um, Chase, uh, oh, I did put it in the show notes. I said, Chase wins? Question mark? Like, I, I didn't want to be a homer, but, hey, I'm wearing the hat, and I, and I love what he had there. And it looks really good. Uh, Bubba Wallace is honoring uh, Wendell Scott. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I would say another car that looks really good. Uh, and, and we've seen this throwback a few times to Valvoline. And I don't know. Did Valvoline just have the greatest car uh, paint scheme ever with the big V? Well, that and the red, white, and blue. I mean, it just kind of it stuck out. It was a car that, you 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 know, you knew who was driving it and uh, you knew what what sponsor was on it yeah yeah um michael mcdowell has <laughs> kind of ironically a bill elliott throwback which is kind of funny uh the only other one that i wrote in the show sheet if you haven't seen michael and net his gatorade white and green that yep. is, that is one that like uh, checks all the boxes for me in what i was just talking about about what you're looking for in a throwback scheme yep i saw it, it looks great yes sir um, and by the way, uh, on a totally different topic, wearing the uh, Jesse Wuji shirt today because Jesse nice. was um, was uh, he'll he'll be in whatever it is the the virtual race this week, and he was in on the fan vote, so that's pretty freaking sweet. Uh, Sherwin, it is time to do some picks. Let me tell you this: this might be a PTM record. Last week, Cone, of course, called Kyle Bush who finished first. I picked Harvick, who finished second. And you picked Chase. Like, you're you're the hippopotamus here, who who finished worst and picked fifth. So, uh, Chase, or Chase finished fifth. So, uh, you know, uh, big pat on the back. I'm going to do it, you know, for the folks watching live. You can see the old pat on the back here. Uh, we, we uh, you know, uh, broken clocks right twice a day or whatever. We, we definitely uh, picked pick the right folks. So, let's do it again. That said, it is over to you to start. With uh, with the picks for Darlington, Ross Chastain. Whoa, love it, love it. Damn, that's <laughs> all I can say. What what do you have in in Ross? Well, he's been good there. I mean, I know it, he's not really been there in a Cup car that could win, but he can boogie around Darlington. He's got the car control necessary to hang it out. Hmm. Um. I, I love that, and whether he wins or not, uh, like you said, I, I I really like the the idea of of what he's got going, and you know, I I don't know what to say about Ganassi. Uh, uh, we we've talked about it before or, uh, in this exact show, <laughs> um, but let's see, where am I going with this one? Um, I I hate to pick somebody who's already won because you know I could go with a Chase. Uh, boy, Chase. I like his car. I like his chances. I like everything. Harvick makes sense. Um, Austin Dillon, not so sure uh, this week. But uh, old Rusty, we're going with a repeat winner uh, this week with Ryan Blaney. So young Ryan Blaney. I'm uh, picking for Darlington here. Um, Like what he's got. And he's, uh, you know, this track suits him well. Uh, I guess, I don't know. You could make yourself sound like you know what you're talking about with saying that about anybody but uh <laughs> uh i i like him for this race how about that yeah no, i like it too so i i don't know uh manufacturer wise i'm i'm trying to think like uh i feel like i don't know i'm feeling the fords we'll see what happens um yep so that all said sherwin i think we are about out of time as it turns out so appreciate everybody hanging out with us We've had, uh, I've had a blast. Uh, you know, it, it's so much fun to to uh, come here and be able to do this on a weekly basis and hang out with, with all the cool folks who are listening right now, everybody who's tuning in on YouTube, 
Thank you so much. Sherwin, why don't you close us out? All right. You can find us at PETM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Andrew L. Sherwin on Instagram and Pregame Engineer on the Twitter. That's right. And as always, PETM Podcasts at PETMPodcasts.com. As always, Tailgate Mayor uh, at Tailgate Mayor, Rusty Wallace. Can't wait to see you all next week. Let's see what happens over in Darlington with throwbacks and everything else. I'm, uh, I'm excited for this race. We'll uh, talk to you all next week. See you then. Bye.